ask you today to take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 6, as we look at verses 17 through 19, which I think emphasize the power of Christ. Now, Jesus had just named his 12 disciples, and you have seen his mission over the last few weeks. I hope that you've seen his hands-on mission, a mission that is practical and spiritual. It makes a difference in the practical realm and it makes a difference in the spiritual realm we have seen his work wherever he's gone and we've heard luke already speak about that power that sustained him but now as he prepares to deliver the sermon on the mount luke gives us this insight once again and he reminds us of the power and the strength of jesus and how he is empowered by the spirit of god notice in luke chapter 6 verse 17 he says and he came down with them And stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem. And from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. As well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits. And they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and healed them all. The power went out from him, Dr. Luke tells us. A power that sustained Jesus Christ in his ministry. You know, oftentimes we forget about the humanity of Jesus. That that Jesus was, that he came, yes, as God, but he came in flesh. In other words, he was just like you and me in that sense. In being fully human. And being fully human, he faced all kinds of things in his life. He faced all kinds of issues that we would have faced. But somehow there was a power that he had to achieve his purpose, to achieve his mission. I want you to see that Jesus fulfilled his mission with the power of the Spirit of God. He fulfilled his mission according and through the power of God's Spirit. Luke tells us this. He reminds us time and time again about how Jesus had such power in his life. Back in chapter 4, verse 36, for example, he had said, Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is. For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. Notice, they marvel at the power of Christ. Later on in chapter 5, verse 17, Very similarly, he says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisee teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. This is a Lucan emphasis. In other words, Dr. Luke reminds us over and over and over again that Jesus demonstrated power in his life. That his mission demonstrated it was evidence of his power power that's a great thing when you think about power isn't it for a moment i mean those of us just living a a few days ago in the uh, snow and the ice we were a little bit concerned about a lack of power weren't we some of us some of us realized the lack of power some of us know what it's like to go without power for a little bit There's something to be said about power in one's life. Now, over the last few days, I got to go up to North Mississippi. 
Uh, Leslie and the family and I traveled Thursday afternoon after school. We went up. I had a wedding to do yesterday afternoon around 2. So as we went up, we went. We spent the night with my parents. uh, And then actually Friday night again with my parents because of some issues over at Leslie's mom's. So we were there uh, for uh, a couple of nights. And we got to enjoy a lot of things. Of course, when I go, I get to enjoy food. I love food. I don't know if you know that or not, but it's just very dear to my heart. And and mother, of course, when I come, I am the prodigal. And when I come, there's the rejoicing and the banqueting and all those things that go with it. And we enjoyed it. And we had not really been there since Thanksgiving. So, my brother my, and my, I guess, sister-in-law, the two of them, they decided it was time to give my children their Christmas presents because we had not been there, which is a good thing, except I don't think they think things through in their minds. My youngest daughter... Got a little dog. Is that what that is, Leslie? I think it is. A little dog. And if it were just a little dog, it'd be okay. I don't know if this mic is on, Andy. Let me see. What in the world? There you go. Turn the mic up there. There you go. Isn't this awesome? You hear this? Six hours it is from uh, my parents' house back to Ruston. And my daughter loves this, and she played it all the way home for us. So when I got home, I got a screwdriver. You ever seen a screwdriver before? It can do miraculous things. It has great power. Because all you got to do is just kind of work on it here a little bit. And before you know it, you can get the batteries out. And you can give it back to your daughter and you can say, hey, go play with that now. Enjoy it or so. And you know, one of these things that I realized is that this thing had to have some power to work, right? I mean, as I was thinking about it on the way home, I mean, I had developed my plan before I even got home, I promise you. I realized that it had to have some type of power to do something. Otherwise, it's just a little dog, just a little pink-looking dog. But it had to have power in order to make sound and and do all these other things that it does. And uh, I can remove that power. I decided I could do that. But get this. I was thinking about it even as I was driving home yesterday and listening to this crazy little thing here. I realized that, you know, when you think about power in life, all of us, Jesus, and then for us in our mission, it is necessary for us to have power and to see that power. And what is the great thing about it is nobody can take the power away from us. 
Not even Satan himself can take any spiritual screwdriver, if you will, and take that power away from us. The power is there. It's whether or not we will look at that power and realize that power and tap into the power source that he has provided for us. You see, Jesus, his life, his life evidenced power. Wherever he went, people looked at him and they would see the evidence of power. And he needed it. I said to you, he was human, so he faced all kinds of things in life. But think of some of the opposition that came. Think of some of the things he faced. I mean, he had been called to a mission and to a ministry. And what all did he face? He faced detractors. Remember when he was preaching there in the synagogue in Nazareth? What happened? As he was preaching from that scroll of Isaiah, they rose up against him. They were ready to do him harm or even kill him. They were opposing him. Later on, as he would teach and he would minister, you would have these religious leaders these Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes who will speak against him. How can you stand with such opposition? How can you stand when you have so many detractors? You can stand by the power of God. And you need it. Because you cannot stand alone. How about the disease? Even in this passage, he talks, he talks about those that he is healing that Jesus is healing. Disease itself. Think about how disease tries to impact our lives and how it tries to hinder our mission and our ministry. Disease itself. All of us can face different physical ailments, frailties. We can face all kinds of things in our lives. We can face it in our family's lives. And you know, those things come, and whether you think they would or not, they can impact our mission and our ministry. If a disease or something comes into our lives, sometimes it can consume us, and we can think only about that which is attacking us or attacking our family. But listen to me, friends. Even though disease may come, the power of Christ is still greater. And the power of Christ will allow us to impact and fulfill our mission. How about demonic influences? It says that Jesus was healing those, in verse 18, those who were tormented with unclean spirits. Demonic influences that were coming into Jesus' life. I mean, think of this. Satan is throwing everything he's got at Jesus. I mean, he is throwing it all. He is allowing uh, these detractors to come. He's allowing these, uh, this disease to present itself. But also, there are those who will come that are demonically influenced, that are demon-possessed. They come before Jesus, and he is facing them. And they are obstacles, perhaps to, perhaps to his ministry and his mission. But when he looks at them... He sees them as opportunities. Why? Because the power of God has given him whatever is needed to overcome those demonic influences. Wherever Jesus walks, wherever Jesus goes, the power is evidenced. And where does that power come from? Well, I think the key 
is back in Luke 4, 18. A few weeks ago, as I began this sermon series, I began there by showing you Jesus' mission and ministry, how he defined it according to the Scripture. And this is what he said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. That was the preface. Before we speak about his mission and before he spoke about how he was to preach the gospel, that he had been sent, that he had been there to proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captives, before he mentioned any of those things, he said, the Spirit is upon me. I have been anointed. Certainly that means that Jesus had been set aside. He was the specific anointed Christ. But it also speaks to the empowerment of Jesus. Not only had he been set aside, but he had been set aside in power. And the Spirit was providing him strength and power. Also, if you read through the Gospel of Luke, you will see time and time again an emphasis upon the Spirit's work in Jesus' life. If you were to talk about Luke and themes, you would see that Luke says there's power in Jesus. You would see that he would say the Spirit is active in Jesus' life. Also giving us for a moment a picture of the Trinity and how the Trinity and the Godhead work together to fulfill the mission and ministry. The Father sent Jesus. Jesus came willingly to do what he needed to do, and the Spirit empowered him to fulfill his ministry and his mission. It was evidenced by power. Jesus' mission was evidenced by power, and he was fulfilled. It was given by the Spirit of God. That's really what this passage is about, about how Jesus was empowered by the Spirit. He fulfilled his mission. He fulfilled his ministry through the power of the Spirit. Now, let me turn that, okay? I only have really two truths this morning, just very simple truths. First, Jesus fulfilled his mission and ministry through the power of the Spirit. Let me turn just a moment, and I want to give you a second truth, okay? We fulfill our mission and ministry through the power of the Spirit. Okay? Jesus fulfilled His through the Spirit. The only way we can fulfill our mission and our ministry is through the power of the Spirit. I really believe this is where we miss things sometimes. I, I really believe that we forget this part of the mission and of the ministry endeavor that we're a part of. I mean, we get it. We know. We've heard the preacher say that we're supposed to witness to people. Okay, we've got that. We've heard the preacher say that we should help individuals, that we should show compassion. We got that. We got that down. But sometimes we forget that the way we accomplish it is through the power of the Spirit. It's the only way we can accomplish it. 
Dr. Luke, okay? He writes two books in our New Testament. He writes the Gospel of Luke, and then he writes the book of Acts. Somebody told me recently that there is this good-looking young preacher that's been preaching on Sunday night on the book of Acts. Have you heard them talk about this guy? Amazing. Not, he's not doing it tonight for some reason. I think they're having released or something. But most of the time, this guy's preaching on the book of Acts. And he's been doing it for some time. And remember, Dr. Luke writes these two volumes. And in pure volume of the New Testament, in pure volume... Luke writes the most of anybody, even more than Paul. I know Paul's got more books and all that, but in pure volume, Luke writes the most. And he writes what Jesus did and how it was accomplished in his gospel. And then when he turns to the book of Acts, he shows us how Jesus continues to work, how he continues to work through his people, through his disciples, through his church. What, what was begun as a ministry and mission of one is continued as a mission and ministry of the many in the book of Acts. Same story, same mission, same ministry, same power source. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus ascending, about to ascend into heaven... His last words to his disciples. He says to them, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. He says, You're going to receive power. Now the disciples, they had seen a resurrected living Jesus. They had seen him. Later on, John will say that they not only saw him, but they touched him. They, he was flesh and bones. God had raised him physically from the dead. And that had motivated them. And you can imagine their excitement and their energy. Could, couldn't you? I, I think you could start to imagine it. I mean, to know that here you were you followed this man all of your life. Well, all of these last three plus years, you had given all of your life to that work. And you had seen him die. And now you had seen him alive. I mean, that should have been so exciting and energizing. And it probably would have just motivated us to go out at that very moment and to witness to other people. It, it probably would have. I mean... We wanted to go tell, and there was, a, there was evidence of that as the women ran back to tell the disciples that Jesus was alive. I mean, you'd have wanted to just run around and shout it and scream it. And yet, get this. Jesus said to them, you got to wait. you got to wait. Just stay there in Jerusalem. You've got to wait. Now, again, you know how welcomed waiting is in our lives? I mean, none of us really like to wait. 
Okay, so I told you a few weeks ago I played this time game in my life. So we left the uh, wedding at 3.35 yesterday afternoon in New Albany, Mississippi. And we started home. And I had it in my mind I could make it by 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. Just thought it's going to happen. So, you know, we just kind of run in. We kind of throw the kids into backyard burgers so that they'll... Uh, get their food real quickly and get right back in the car because we're going to just take it with us. We got to go. We got to go. I'm driving. Everything looks great. We get to Monroe. Eight o'clock last night or 830. You know what they're doing in Monroe? As Angela says, Monroe. They closed the lane of the interstate. You ever heard anybody doing that? I was so aggravated. I was so aggravated. These people were trying to come up and get in front of me. I told Leslie, I'm not letting them get in front of me. I'm just driving up through there. I mean, I was so... We don't like to wait. We do not like to wait. But Jesus said that you have to wait. Why was it such a priority that they wait? I mean, couldn't they go out and they tell people about Jesus? They had to wait. Why? Because then they would receive the power that they needed. See, you and I, we can go out and we can do our own thing and we can tell people. We can, but unless the power of God is evidenced in our lives, nothing will ever be different. Jesus' life, he demonstrated the power of God. And I say to you that our lives should reflect the power of God. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, when I look at it now, it looks so anemic. And I'm talking about the church in general. When you look around the United States, power is not a word we usually describe the church as. We don't usually say, oh, think of the powerful church we now see in our culture. Why not? Why not? Why do we look so anemic? He says, the Spirit of God's going to come upon you. Well, the Spirit came. Remember? That day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God came. And they went out. And when you look at the book of Acts and what we've seen, you see how they just take the gospel literally to the ends of the earth. You see them doing that. I mean, that was the Spirit of God then. but the Spirit of God now? Let me ask you this question. Is the Spirit of God not just as powerful today as it was back then? Spirit of God just as powerful? Absolutely it is. My friends, God is just as great today as He ever has been. God is a God that can work in power and majesty and might. And the Holy Spirit is still just as powerful. So don't blame our weakness upon a lack of power of God's Spirit. Don't do that. No, no, no. God's Spirit's still just as strong. Well, how about us as believers? I mean, whether or not we got the Spirit or have the Spirit. Well, you mean we got the Spirit. We as Baptists believe this. As long 
along with a lot of other Bible-believing Christians, we believe that once you come to salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to reside in you. That is the biblical narrative of how the Spirit works in our lives. You come to salvation, you come and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and what happens? The Holy Spirit dwells in you at that very moment. That very moment, He dwells within you. So if the Spirit is just as powerful and He's dwelling in us, why do we look so anemic and so weak? I say to you again, it's not God's fault. Perhaps it is because we, in and of ourselves, have forgotten our power source. And we've not allowed God's Spirit to move within us as He should. Remember later on, Paul writes to the Ephesians and he'll say, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. I thought you just said that we are filled, that we're indwelled. If you look at that verse... That Paul writes, do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18. It is an issue of control. It is an issue of control that we say that we give our lives over. Yes, you, he, he dwells within us. Nobody can take him away. Nobody can take the Spirit of God away from us. But we are called to submit our lives and yield our lives daily to the Spirit's control. So that he can use us in such a powerful way. I say to you again, his power is necessary for us to fulfill our mission. Just as it was necessary to fulfill Jesus' ministry and his mission, it is necessary for us to fulfill our mission and ministry. Now, I said to you, Jesus faced like detractors. He faced disease. He faced demonic influences. We face some of those same things today, right? Look at a culture that tries to, tries to attack the gospel itself. We have people all around us, detractors, who would take away from what you and I are even doing this morning. And if we did not have the power of the Spirit of God within us, we, might just, we just might give in to them. We might would just say, you know what? you have an argument there. But because God's Spirit dwells within us and He teaches us all truth and He empowers us, we know that this morning as we come together that we stand, we stand in the gospel of Christ. And that this is not fruitless, it is fruitful before God. Still face disease, do we not? How many of us in this place have been touched in some way by disease or illness, whether in our personal lives or our family lives. If we're not careful, we could get consumed, overwhelmed. May I tell you, as a pastor, there are days I almost give in to being overwhelmed. Of all the sickness... And all the physical frailties that people face. 
And if I'm not careful, it'll affect my ministry and mission. I, I have to come back to the point of being reminded, hey, we have power. And the power of the Holy Spirit is much greater than any disease or physical frailty or anything else that comes into our lives. Demonic influence. I say to you today that demonic influences are still real. Satan's armies, they're not imaginary. They are trying to wreak havoc even today. And they are succeeding in some areas. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And I can go and fulfill my mission in ministry because I know that his spirit is greater than any false spirit that would come before me. Sin itself, all the things that it brings with us, poverty and racism and all kinds of other sin that would come. My friends, the spirit of God is greater than all. And he allows us to fulfill our mission and ministry just as he did those early believers. Because notice again he says, the power comes when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. If we're believers, we do not have to gather in some room, perhaps even here in this church. We don't have to gather there and wait for the coming of the Spirit of God. He's already come. If you're a believer in Christ, He lives in you. And if he's called you to a mission in ministry, and he has every believer, don't try to get off the hook. Every believer is a missionary. Then he has empowered you to do what he's called you to do. Jesus fulfilled his mission through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the only way that we will ever fulfill our mission and our ministry is through the power of the Holy Spirit. This morning, first I ask the question, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? I do believe that there are a lot, and I'm not trying to cast doubt or anything else or create doubt in a believer's mind. All I'm saying to you is that I do believe that across our country today, many that call themselves believers have never come to a true faith in Christ. I think that is one of the reasons our churches look so weak. And you can't have the Spirit of God living in you if you've never been saved. So I say to you, have you ever accepted Christ as your Savior? Number two, if you have accepted Christ as your Savior, is this morning, the morning... You need to be reminded of the Spirit's power and work so that you can come and yield yourself to the Spirit's work in your life. Today, would you allow God to encourage you and to remind you that it is through the power of the Spirit that you can accomplish what God has called you to fulfill? Would you listen to his work and his prompting in your life, and would you yield yourself to him this morning in this place? Let's pray together. Father.
we do come and Lord we we thank you that you have not left us to accomplish our mission alone we're thankful Lord that we do not have to depend solely upon human energy human resources in order to take your gospel but Lord just as you empowered the one through Jesus Christ now you empower the many to take his news to take his work and to proclaim it in our communities and in the nations God, I pray this morning, whatever is coming against us as believers here in this place, whatever it is that we're facing, whatever it seems to be that is, Lord, an obstacle for the gospel to go forth in Ruston and in our state and in our nation and beyond. Lord, I pray that you would help us to overcome all barriers through the power of your spirit so that we might see your truth proclaimed and we might see your power displayed. Lord, again, we pray this morning that you would draw those who are unbelievers to you. And we pray that those of us who are believers, that we would come, rededicate, recommit our lives to be yielded to your spirit. Empower us now. We pray through this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand?